0: that you grew up with something doesn't always mean that you can properly use Use it it. in a right way or to its full function. Uh, So that's a question more that I have in my head, like, (laughs) yeah, is everybody even capable of using all these sources? Because there's, if there's so much, it's also even harder sometimes to focus on what you want to research, for example, or what you want to learn.
1: Hello, friend, and welcome back to another episode of Do I Need School to Be? The podcast in which me, Alex, is going to sit down with creatives and ask them about their journey into the creative, focusing on their education, the teachers who shaped them, the books who shaped them, the movies, in general, what their journey was like. If you're somebody who is thinking about entering the creative field, I hope this show will be a resource to you and show you that we all have different paths and they are all valid. So let's go. Today's episode, it's very f- special because I am talking to Naomi Jansen, who's learning how to be a teacher. She's doing a part-time art, fine arts teacher training at the Willem de Koenig Academy in Rotterdam, and she will give us some insights into why she did it, what she did before this, what learning how to be a teacher is like, the importance of feedback, and much more. This is a great episode. I hope you enjoy it. And here's my conversation with Naomi Janssen. And we're recording now. Hey Naomi, how are you today? I'm quite good. I'm a bit tired. A long day of talking already. so. <laughs> well, let's hope that we, we don't bring that energy to the no, podcast. Exactly. Let's no. bring an energetic vibe. <laughs> no, it's okay. We're just we're chilling, we're talking, we can just be yeah. relaxed. Better subjects that yeah. we talk about. Uh, oh, I, yay, happy <laughs> to hear that. Well, here we are recording a podcast face-to-face with no screen in between us. That's fun. <laughs> I always say that because most of my interviews so far have been through an electronic medium, yeah. through Riverside, through Zencastr, through... Once one was on Zoom, but it's a different interaction to be actually face-to-face yeah. with a person. So tell the audience who you are and what you're currently doing. Um, so I'm Naomi.
0: I am 26 years old and I study at the Willem de Koning Academy. Um, I'm in my third year of the part-time studies I do here. And it's a teacher training for to become a fine art teacher. Uh, yeah, so that takes most of my time, really. They say it's a part-time study, but actually it's like almost full-time or even more than full-time. <laughs> but maybe I do that to myself. Uh, and next to that, I used to do a lot of graphic design work, but now that's a little bit on hold because I don't think I want to go into that direction any further. So I make some autonomous works uh, and that's a bit, I think it's always hard to describe what kind of work you you make, Uh, but a bit performative works um, that are always in relation to the context that they're in. So I really like to work from a specific place uh, and then see what's happening there and then make a reaction to that place in any kind of medium or form Uh, but unfortunately because of all the time that goes into my studies it's yeah i'm not working on a cool project at the moment
1: (laughs) what's fun about this is that in the
0: do i need school to be
1: podcast we talk about creative education and you're a person that's not in the field right now but you're training to be in that field so it's very meta Mm -hmm. because you're getting education and how to educate yeah. So it's like an, uh, there's a layer beneath all this. Yeah. And how did you decide that you wanted to go into this training to become a teacher? Uh, well, actually, that's a really funny question for
0: me, because for me, it was like a financial reason. I already had a bachelor in media studies. And then I thought like, OK, I always wanted to go to art school just because for fun. But because I already had a bachelor, it would be super expensive to do a second bachelor. Uh, But unless it's a teacher training, then you get uh, like a discount of the government to pay like half of your study fees and stuff. There are a lot of great advantages of doing a teacher
1: training. Interesting. So my
0: first reason was only financial. And then I thought like, okay, I will start this program, which is four years. And in its first two years, it's only making, uh, developing your own artistic process. So I thought, OK, I will do these first two years and then I will decide if I want to become a teacher or not. <laughs> uh, and then after my second year, I really enjoyed all the making. But I also found out that I was always also in my previous study, very critical to towards the teachers that I got. Uh, I always had a good connection with them, but always also had some issues like oh, why do we have so many rules and assignments? and. And I thought, like, maybe I'm here at the right place and become a teacher myself if I'm so stubborn in uh, what I, yeah, in my opinion of what education should be. So now I'm in my third year and going to my last graduation
1: year already. So That's really interesting because you, you're coming from this place in which you, ha- you have an opinion mm-hmm. and you go from, I can do this or this could be done better. I'm going to go ahead and do it yeah a little bit yeah so instead (laughs) of saying in like oh it should be different you're actually because a lot of people do that a lot of people stay in a business should be run differently or this should be done differently or but then you are you're actually doing it and applying that to your studies yeah
0: and i what i find interesting myself is that i also don't have a answer yet uh, what education is then for me so I know what I don't like about a lot of different types of education but I'm still figuring out like uh, it's not that I find oh I can do this better but what are possible ways to maybe do this better so I'm not I don't have one opinion yet about it <laughs> but I'm more like discovering uh, if, yeah.
1: if there's one thing I'm realizing in this podcast and I hope other people realize it too is that there isn't a set path Mm-hmm. And there isn't one thing that fits everybody. Like A lot of people think when they listen to the title that I'm going to be bashing formal education. <laughs> but it's totally not that. I am a person that is getting got, got and is getting formal education because that's what works for me and for my brain. Yeah. And everybody's so different. Everybody's diverse. Everybody's neurodiverse. And some people like me need the structure. Other people are perfectly fine learning on the internet and making these incredible things. Yeah. I'm not that. I yeah. need the push and I need the, crit- the critiques and I need the, the, the assignments to push my creativity. Yeah. And yeah, I love that you don't have a set answer because that's the truth. There isn't yeah. one set answer for everybody. There and is. I
0: also think it will differ from every year. Like maybe this year I think like, oh, good education is this and this and then next year maybe i will think like okay no this doesn't work at all and <laughs> we should totally switch it over and yeah
1: yeah because start again we change and we grow yeah. like at one point in time we thought cocaine was good to for a <laughs> sore throat now we know that it's not <laughs> and we change things and that's also the beauty of it that as we change we change the ways we learn yeah. and new tools are introduced we play with those tools and we see what happens yeah
0: exactly so that's maybe also what education should be like that it's constantly developing and adjusting to what the people that are in this education need and want from it. Um, yeah,
1: and transforming and moving. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. And you mentioned teachers that you had. Can, can you like bring us to great teachers or not so great <laughs> teachers? Like, do you have any stories to share about that? Um, yeah, I mostly remember the
0: great teachers because that's what I like to remember. <laughs>
1: Staying in the positives,
0: I love it, I love it. That's a good thing. And maybe what I really liked when coming here, uh, so first time for me at an art school, was I think a teacher that I had in my second year. We had lessons every Tuesday night, and for me, a Tuesday night is always a Tuesday evening. Everybody had their day jobs and came on quite tired already. But he was like really good in uh, adapting to the moment, let everybody ground a little bit in... Uh, that we're together now and leave work behind Uh, and so then these classes on Tuesday evening never felt like a classical way of teaching it was more like always on the same level discussing everybody's work what they made or if people didn't do their homework then it was not an issue at all it was just really equal and always asking questions instead of giving answers I think so for me that was something that i really took like okay that's what i want to keep for myself and use as well when i become a teacher or give lessons that it's yeah more about these common ground of everybody and looking for common questions and talking to each other instead of being one teacher that stands in front of the class and saying what the rest of the class has to do and yeah
1: that's great and i think going through it, we are, we're, or as education is moving forward and changing, we're stepping away from this hierarchical idea of the teacher is above everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that when you enter the classroom, it's their time and you have to, it's, you, you cannot waste the teacher's time. Yeah. But we're coming to this, like your teacher that would adapt to what the students needed in that moment. Like probably one day everybody was super motivated and was ready to listen to a two hour lecture. Yeah. And then other days, it's just like, let's talk and let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, not. be. I also know the first assignment that really, uh, or I think it was the first assignment, the introduction was we came there in a class and the first assignment was, okay, everybody has to go out, out of the school, walk for 10 minutes on your own. After 10 minutes, you sit down uh, for half an hour. And after half an hour, you come back here in the uh, classroom again. (laughs) So we just arrived and then we had to pack our bags and go (laughs) sit somewhere. But the idea was that everybody had their own experience in walking for 10 minutes, then relaxing for half an hour. And then afterwards, we could all discuss on what we experienced and how all these individual experiences were. And if we did see overlap or uh, I don't know, I thought that was so funny that the first class you give, you send everybody away <laughs> for half an hour. It's a yeah, quite experimental way of giving your lesson.
1: <laughs> That's so fun. Usually, like first classes, first days, it's what's your name? Where do you come from? Here is the syllabus. But yeah. then just sending you out into the world and being like, explore, see what happens and then come back. Yeah,
0: And, and we'll start when you're ready. Yeah, and by talking about this experience everybody had you also get to know each other straight away because you knew people that didn't like the assignment and they got really frustrated like why do I have to sit still for half an hour you know like that says something about your personality it's not good or bad but it's it says something about you Uh, so it's a different way of getting to know each other yeah
1: wow it's it's nice (laughs) and and before the academy are there any other teachers that like marks you the the because I think we all have it that one teacher that sits in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Do you have that? Uh, yeah,
0: I have them of all my of all the types of studies I did. I think of my bachelor in media studies, I had one teacher that are is still in the back of my head because I had this topic that I should write a really big essay about, and I didn't like writing that much. But he really liked my subject so much that he kept on sending me sources of information like, oh, did you read this about it? Did you read that about it already? And even when I finished the project and handed it in like half a year later, he, he was still sending me like updates about my topic. Uh, In case I was still interested in my own topic.
1: (laughs) He was invested in your journey. Yeah,
0: yeah. He liked it so much that he kept on giving information. And then I thought, like, yeah, then you're a really committed and enthusiastic teacher. If you, half a year later, you still send emails like, oh, you should read this article or you should read this book.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And I think that's also that level of human connection. That it's not only I'm here to teach you something, but I am here to share with you knowledge and to create a space for you to learn and if you're interested in something here is more information about
0: it yeah and also know your students i think like uh, i think for me a good teacher is also somebody that knows what everybody is busy with Uh, and not that you're like one of the 800 students he or she has and don't know what everybody is up to it's just nice if somebody knows exactly like oh you're doing research on this and you like this and this that you feel Mm -hmm. as a person instead of as a one of the students
1: (laughs) i think that's also so hard for them it's so hard also to be a teacher to build that connection and to be present i think as students we forget that many times that it's more engaging than we think it is at least for good teachers that's why good Mm -hmm. teachers are so rare
0: yeah, and also especially if you get a different class every year. Uh, I know also that some teachers really, uh, for example, I did an internship this year at a high school here in Rotterdam, and a teacher that was my internship, how do you say that? Guide, yeah. Guide coach, Guide, supervisor. Yeah. Uh, she really liked it if she had a class for like in their third, fourth, and fifth year of the school, because then she really got to know the students instead of, getting a new class every year Uh, because if you get a new class every year it's the first month at least you're busy with trying to get to know everybody and especially in art school it's like trying to get to know everybody through their work what are they expressing, what are they making it's not like maths or something or uh, science in which you just have to learn the facts (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I can also imagine that it's really valuable if teachers have The same students for over a longer period
1: yeah especially when you're in a creative field Mm -hmm. because then it expands and you can see their work develop and how maybe it starts with like seeing somebody start let's say for example with anime like basically replicating animes to developing their own style to including their own stories to coming out with a style that maybe resembles where they were but now it's different or it's a higher version of where they were in the beginning. Yeah. And just getting involved in that story. I mean, how we all get involved on social media with strangers. <laughs> Being like, oh, I am so engaged in their journey. Yeah, that's <laughs> what teachers do engage in those journeys. Yeah. yeah. And influence those journeys as well. Like your teacher was sending you on this material, thinking maybe this is something that she'll be interested in in the future. Yeah. Just shape, helping shape you for a longer period of time. Yeah, yeah exactly. and how do you see yourself as a teacher because you are (laughs) going to teach like do you have an idea what kind of teacher you want to be or assignments that you want to put forth or how does that internal process begin yeah that's a good question and a hard question I think (laughs) oh we're all about hard questions (laughs) here. you can always change your mind I mean you don't have to decide today where you're gonna be tomorrow uh, no
0: exactly that's true Well maybe it's nice to say what I already found out and that's mostly during my internship because I think if you only talk about teaching in like an abstract way what we do a lot during the teacher training like we get all these sources of how to become a good teacher and what works and not but then in the end it's all about the practice you do and uh, how you put it into practice instead of only talking about teaching. So during my internship i also discovered that uh, the most energy i got was from coming up with assignments uh, because that's almost like making art yourself if you come up with assignments it's almost even harder to come up with a good assignment than to make a good artwork (laughs) because there are so many layers in it that you have to think of what would a student do as a possible uh, outcome of this assignment how will i grade it do i want to grade it there are so many things involved but I really enjoyed that process of coming up with assignments also during the time of COVID that we had suddenly switched to uh, digital education then had to come up with assignments for a whole digital class Uh, and then during the end of my internship I also discovered what I really liked about teaching and what I really want to cherish as a teacher is um these in-between moments with students it's a bit what we just discussed already like that in the end i really got to know every single student out of that class like what are their interests what are they making if i give them an assignment at the end of the, the last assignment that i gave during my internship i already could like imagine what every student would start to make not like the real product but i know some students start working very intuitively and working really big and others are like uh, sketching in their head for like three weeks and then the last day it suddenly comes out. It's yeah, that's what I really like so far about teaching that to see this progress in yeah, in the students and coming up with the right assignments that everybody has their own freedom in it. And yeah,
1: have you ever come up with an assignment that backfired, <laughs> that you expected one thing and, or maybe not backfire, maybe that's the wrong word. Uh, but that you expected one thing and they just interpreted it in a completely different way?
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, not interpreted into a really different way, but I think all the assignments that I gave were quite open. Uh, So it was always a surprise what would come out of it. But that's also what I liked myself as a student, that you have your own freedom within an assignment instead of that you have to do this one thing and then... If it succeeds then you're a good art student i don't believe in that <laughs> um but yeah so sometimes there were outcomes that I thought like okay i know it's an open assignment but this is like really <laughs> this is like going really off out the grid there.
1: this is like really out there <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i know one girl at some point started throwing uh with sand into a painting of her parents <laughs> and then i thought like okay Maybe this was not a good assignment. I hope they didn't get in a fight <laughs> because of my assignment.
1: <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> maybe yeah. this wasn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, no, not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you only gave her the assignment when she interpreted with it. Yeah. thats that's yeah, her. Exactly. That's what she that's her creative journey. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that was her, that was what she needed to do. In I that didn't time. get
0: any angry emails. So that's uh,
1: that, that's important, that's the good feedback. So. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of things we talk about in the podcast is critiques and feedback, because that's a lot that comes from education when you're creative. You mm-hmm. get it from formal teachers, from mentors, from somebody that has more experience than you. How does a teacher get feedback? Do you get, do you get it from the students? Do you get it from um, the parents? Do you get it from other teachers? How is, that, how is your feedback loop? Mm. Well, I think for me
0: personally, at the moment that I'm in right now, so as a student that wants to become a teacher, most of the feedback I get is from other students in my class because we have a lot of discussions on what happened in the internships, for example, and how people handled it. And these things are most valuable to me that I see different insights and also get a different insight into... uh, that there are so many different classes and so many different vibes within these groups of people uh, that it's always bigger than your own perspective. Um, So right now, yeah, most of the feedback was through peers. I think that peers is the right word, right?
1: Yeah, peers, people at your level. Yeah,
0: or at least for me, that's the feedback that I uh, cherish the most because of course I still have teachers that teach us to become a teacher. (laughs) Difficult, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Difficult sentences. And they have all these experienced knowledge. But sometimes I also have the feeling that that knowledge is, how do you say that? Also their own experience. So it's not better than uh, the experiences of fellow students. I see it all as equal knowledge. Yeah.
1: yeah, and the fact that you're teaching a new generation, you're teaching a, a group of people that have had access to technology their entire lives. So the process of catching their attention is going to be different than how it was to catch the attention of somebody that was born in maybe the early 90s <laughs> and we didn't have a cell phone in our, in our faces when until the second we were born. Yeah. I think about it constantly, especially um, I have a lot of like little nieces and nephews because my cousins are all having kids and a very... Latin American way and Mm -hmm. I see it I see how they put cell phones in front of their eyes I have a niece who's three months old now and she already has a cell phone in front of her to play videos and so on and I think how this is going to affect the way she learns because Mm -hmm. probably when she's in pre-k or in kindergarten they're going to have tablets instead of paper Yeah. How, how would that process change and I think that leads well to my next question which is where do you see education is today and where is it going to go in the future? Because we're far, like before, if you wanted to become a teacher, you would shout, shadow another teacher and learn their methods. But now we are in a different stage in which you learn from peers as well as from teachers. And also there are so many online resources, especially for creative studies. Yep. So where do you see things going in the future?
0: Um, yeah, big question to answer. To oh, so look into my glass bowl.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we can be wrong. We can speculate. I mean, <laughs>
0: no, of course. a lot of
1: people thought like Bitcoin was going to be a big thing. And it was, but <laughs> it's crashing now. So clearly we don't know what we're doing. No, exactly. <laughs> um,
0: well, if I think about what you just said about the media that is now part of, like that all these sources are open for everybody. I still think there's a lot of work to do in how we use all these sources because uh even i grew up with the internet i think or not really from young age but the generations after us did at least what you say like with the ipad and stuff but that you grew up with something doesn't always mean that you can properly use it in a right way or to its full function uh so that's a question more that I have in my head. Like, <laughs> yeah, is everybody even capable of using all these sources? Because there's, if there's so much, it's also even harder sometimes to focus on what you want to research, for example, or what you want to learn. Uh, for example, you can now become a teacher yourself. You mentioned it before by video uh, YouTube tutorials. Yeah. But then you still have to choose, like, what do I want to? look at, do I want to study Spanish? Do I want to be, become a guitar player? Do I want to study? I don't know. Uh, it's still quite hard sometimes to make a selection and focus on doing something and achieving something instead of doing everything all over the place. I'm drifting off a little bit of your question, right? No, it's great. What's it's, the future it's, of education? It's, <laughs> no, it's
1: great. And I have so many. Actually, I have a couple of questions that I want to ask you. Um, <laughs> But on that that you said about what you want to teach and how you want to teach it, mm-hmm. I think there's a huge difference between, for example, um, one of the people that I interviewed for the podcast, he got a mentor of Patreon, and the person teaches their methods, and then once a week they have a call and they talk about the exercises, they talk about the work, and that it's more of an engaged experience. Mm-hmm. I personally like the domestica courses, but it's a person showing how they do their things. And they're very didactic. Like they explain a lot of things very well. Yeah. But there isn't the same level of engagement because I'm just watching a video. Yeah. So both are digital resources, but they have a completely different level of interaction. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, I really like this other podcast. It's called Rethinking Economics, mm-hmm. um, NL. And they're talking about disruptive technologies and how AI is going mm-hmm. to influence us. And on one episode that we're talking about, it teachers and how a lot of people think that an AI can replace a teacher. But the person speaking, um, he was talking about how there can be a combination of it, that the teacher and the AI can work together, that the AI could teach neurotypical students while the teacher could dedicate their time to the neurodiverse ones and then bring them both to the same level. Mm-hmm. So I think that lines up with what you said, that you can have the access to technology, but it's about how you use it. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets
0: maybe even more personal because it's there are so much more options in how to design the education that you can also make it more specific to everybody's own needs, for example. Even now in physical classrooms, again, I can imagine that some students just prefer uh, looking up a subject online googling it and whatsoever while other students are more uh, enjoyed while they listen to a teacher talking about the topic uh, and maybe a combination in between those two things is also possible so I think it's more the future of education will be more personal I think that it's yeah, differentiated to everybody's own needs
1: yeah, and I think that's also the beauty of it, that because of digital mediums and because of teachers, you can have that, you can decide now. It's not, like in previous generations, maybe if you didn't fit in the regular school model, they thought, oh, you're dumb. <laughs> but now we yeah. know better and we know the person is not dumb. This environment is just not working for them. Yeah, A lot of people benefit from being in an environment with a lot of other people and discussing and talking and, Others will benefit from being in a small classroom with maybe just two or three people and the instructor, and evolving through that.
0: Yeah, and it's also what you, but that's hard to already think of at a young age. But what you want to get out of it for yourself, that if you have that clear, like uh, what your own goals are, or what your own what you want to get out of it, then you can also find your way in what type of education fits you or maybe no education at all <laughs> yeah no strict form of education yeah but sometimes that's hard to imagine when you're just uh, at high school and finishing it or something and have to make a choice in if you want to go to a, a, a different school or
1: honestly I've always thought that it's really unfair to ask an 18 year old to choose a career when they're 18 yeah it's yeah like, exactly it's impossible you're you're 18 (laughs) you don't you don't know what you're gonna like in five years or in 10 years and you can switch and pivot but that's also the beauty of it that now you don't have to stick with what you studied you can niche down to a very specific thing that you like or you can switch completely and there are no the decisions are not as fixed now anymore
0: yeah but the only thing that would be an improvement i think if it would be more cheap to make education more affordable for that's a lot the dream of people. <laughs> yeah. that's the dream because right now in this studies as well i uh, have classmates that are already in their 40s or even 50s and that's really inspiring to be in a class with just all ages instead of just graduated uh yeah students and so many uh, different perspectives yeah yeah exactly But I can imagine it's quite a block to start a new study when you're 40 years old. Uh, It's already hard to, like, it's not really uh, found normal, I think, to start a new study when you're 40 years old. And next to that, you also have to work in order to pay for your studies and yeah, I think the future should be free for everybody.
1: That's the thing that there are so many backgrounds Mm -hmm. and Adapting to those different, I hit the mic, <laughs> and there are so many backgrounds and so many perspectives and so many stories. Then finding what fits you and what fits your budget. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, but I sometimes feel that is not
0: uh, spoken about enough in uh, schools. It's not that it's it's that people not. have a side job in order to pay their rents and then have
1: to do a lot of work for studies. Uh, Yeah, it should be more. It is a topic that I have brought up a couple of times already. Um, I remember when we had our first assignment.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, It was... Here at the Academy? Here at the Academy. It was a very fun yet nerve-wracking assignment. It's the type of assignment that you do it then, and then three years later you think, I should have done it completely differently. I would love to do it again to just like... Vindicate myself. It's vindication now. (laughs) And... We had very different uh, needs since that some of us had to work in. A, I had I had an a, A4, no, smaller. No, it wasn't A4. I think it was an a, A7 format, which is tiny. Mm-hmm. Like an A5, A6. Yeah. A, no, it was, a, a was A6. It was tiny. Yeah. But other people had an A0 format. So clearly, my costs were. A tenth of what the cost from somebody else were who had to buy special materials had to print a lot more than I did had to create a lot more than yeah, I did. you chose your own format. Or... No, it was at random. Um. It was like um, it was we got shapes, words, colors, and paper format, and two techniques at random. Yeah. And I chose. I got luckily linocut cut, which is a very cheap one because you can right. make you can make a lot with that. But other people got very expensive techniques with very weird formats. And the when when we talked about it, we spoke up and said, like, hey, this is this is skyrocketing very quickly. Yeah. The answer from the teachers was money should not be an object, you should figure it out. Yeah. And I just think that's a very insensitive and very glib yeah. answer because you don't know what the person's background is. Yeah. I think there is this belief that because you go to art school you come from a rich background and then You should figure out how to manage all the money that you have, not thinking that maybe you don't have the money. Yeah. And then
0: also I think that teachers should have came up with solutions how to make it as cheap as possible, for example, to give inspiration and ideas. If you get this technique that it's really expensive normally, like how can you hack it into something that is... uh,
1: they did suggest one thing, but it was in a to- it wasn't in a tone of well, this is let's figure. It wasn't in a in a way that they said let's figure this out together. Yeah, we can come up with a solution together. It was more in a tone of well, there is you can use recycled paper or you yeah. can use um, newspaper. It was in a tone of you idiot. To you quickly d-. answer it and then exactly, go on. it was yeah. basically saying you idiot, you didn't figure this out before. Yeah, and Adam, they was a very dismissive but I think that that comes with experience and it's having these conversations and being able to say hey, you should have thought about this or next time please getting feedback from your students like you said, getting feedback from peers and from students and saying like hey, maybe next time can you be a little bit more considerate of the fact that some of us cannot afford this Yeah. yeah and it's also good that you at least, how do you say that?
0: that people spoke up about it because then it's even uh, more shitty that this teacher doesn't do anything with it because speaking up about something is also for a lot of people quite a, a step to take it's quite still sometimes quite hard to give your opinion about an assignment or how people teach but I think that's already quite brave if people dare to do that, it should be normal but still it's quite brave if students speak up so then it's
1: and that also ridiculous how this
0: teacher reacts
1: and but that also speaks for the teacher that or for the staff that they created a space in which you felt okay i can't say this Mm -hmm. that i i can critique back and i can say hey this is just not okay or this doesn't fit our needs please be more considerate and yeah i think they changed that i think they changed the assignment to introduce recycled materials from the beginning (laughs) So from the beginning, you know, like, oh, I don't have to buy everything. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's better. <laughs> yeah, but it's just this feedback loop and being constantly engaged in the feedback loop. Yeah, and listening as well. And listening important. <laughs> so thank you so much Naomi. This was such a great interview. I think we touched on a lot of topics that I hadn't touched before with other guests, and I love that you brought up the economical aspect. Of education, which is also very important, yeah. So, do you have anything you would like to promote and you would like to recommend? <laughs> it can be. I've learned that a lot of people, maybe with because of COVID or because of your situation, they don't mm-hmm. have anything to promote. So, maybe it can be a book that you wrote that you read, you wrote maybe you wrote a book, I don't know, <laughs> um, that you really Not liked, yet. or a movie, or anything that you think would be interesting to somebody that's interested in creative education. Ooh,
0: that's a good question well i'm now i don't have anything to say about it yet but i just started reading a book that was uh, a tip from a fellow student of mine but i just started in and it's of bell hooks Mm -hmm. uh, and it's called teaching to transgress nice Uh, so maybe that's my tip although i didn't read it yet myself but i just rented from the media library
1: (laughs) well that's great then maybe when we get on the live um we can talk about it and see how the book is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. You have just listened to one of three interviews I actually recorded face-to-face with somebody. The first one was my interview with Ginger Coons, which is, I think, episode seven or eight, the Naomi's, and then the last episode of this season with uh, Chris Yankov. That's also a live face-to-face interview. And it's so weird to do it. I didn't know what to do with my hands. It was, it, it was an experience, but I think it turned out great. I loved hearing about Naomi's journey into becoming a teacher. And I think many times students don't think like teachers had to learn how to do these things. There's a reason behind it. So I hope you enjoyed it and that you got a little bit more insight into that. And if you're inspired by Naomi, you can find her information in the show notes as well as a link to her book recommendation. And as we come to the end of the show, I want to thank you for joining me on another episode and giving me your time. I hope you're enjoying these conversations and please subscribe to the show and give us a review or give us any feedback. You can reach out to us on social media as well. All the links are in the show notes to let us know if you have questions you would like to ask creatives, what would you would like to learn? If you have somebody to recommend, please let us know. I am here to make something great for you. That said, again, thank you and hope to be again in your ears next week. Keep learning and stay curious. Bye.